0: Welcome to the Two World Podcast, where you can hear thoughts and reflections on unique intersections between faith and culture. Tune in regularly for this foray into feelings of surprise and interconnectedness and aha moments in life when two worlds come together. Now join your hosts, Barney and Jacob, for this most recent episode. Welcome to another edition of the two world podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jacob, and I have with me today, my other co-host who is. I am Barney. And Barney and I are looking forward to delving into the topic of children's books. And it's something that both of us have experienced with, not only as having grown up with them and enjoying them when we were children, but also now both being parents and raising our own children and there are a lot of wonderful and informative and interesting things that we can learn from children's books. And so just to get started, I wanted to ask you, Barney, how did you come up with the idea of exploring this? You had proposed it a, a few weeks ago that we could do it on our show. And I just would love to hear your thoughts about what drew you to this topic for today.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I thought that since this was something that we both um, have a lot of experience with, like you mentioned um, you know, when we were little and then also um, raising kids. And as, as I noticed that my um, kids still enjoy um, different children's books and, and also um, my sons, when they were in um, kindergarten and then, um, you know, the one son still is, uh, every month the school gives them um, a picture book that that they can, that they keep. And bring home, and I thought is these this concept is universal of having you know kids books, children's books for kids to to read, but um kind of the way that they look or the stories that they tell are different in a, in a enough in a way that it's pretty interesting to see how um um different cultures kind of look at the idea of of children's books. So I thought that this kind of approaches our themes from a few different ways and might be a a lot of fun to to look together and um, have a lot of show and tell today i thought for sure so i thought we'll just get started and see how it goes
0: that sounds wonderful thank you yes and so um, children's books are definitely something that um, bring us back to the early years and when i was thinking about this topic interestingly enough i thought of my elementary school and um, we had a number of books that we used in our language courses, our greedy, our English introductory courses. And, um, one of them was called the adventures of the super kids published by Addison Wesley. And, um, there was a story that I distinctly remember reading in class and it was so unique. I thought about it for years and years, even though I didn't mm-hmm. own the book. And as an adult, when I had children, I thought I would love to find that story again. And I had to do quite a bit of digging to find out what the book was (laughs) that we had used. I I couldn't remember what the exact book was. I knew it was part of their series. They had called the nitty gritty rather pretty city, (laughs) but this, this was the book that came out right leading up to that um, the super kids and. I finally found the story and it's um, with this thing called fiddlesticks where these students are trying to learn how to tell a story. And what they decide to do is they pass a stick among themselves. And as they're passing the stick, they're telling the story. And they, the story was so interesting to me at the time It you know, certain things capture, capture Hmm. your imagination. And it was basically a young boy and a young girl having a competition about blowing bubbles and, (laughs) Um, She blows a bubble so big that it actually, her name's Jessica, Jessica Twinkle. (laughs) She blows a bubble so big that it lifts her off the ground when the wind blows. (laughs) And as she's going through the air, she hears something land on her bubble and it is a pelican. And it's not just any pelican. It's King John, who is the king of all (laughs) the pelicans. And once he lands on her bubble, he's stuck. He can't extricate his feet from the bubble. And so they're both in trouble. How are we going to get out of this difficult situation? And King John has a bell around his neck and he rings the bell and that calls his fellow pelicans. (laughs) And then he instructs one of them to pop the bubble. And that is exactly what he does. He pops the bubble and then the (laughs) pelicans take Jessica back to where her friend was and she waves goodbye, and then her friend comes up, and then she's going to initiate a second contest. And he oh, said, "No, no, no, no Jessica, no, you, don't, win. Don't, you win, you win, you have far outdone me with this one." So for some reason, this story, just from the Super Kids, the Adventures of the Super Kids reader that we used in school, stuck with me all of those years, and here it is, just you know, one of those things that we read in school. So. (laughs) yeah go ahead being able to find that book again thank Um, goodness for the internet i tell you the the things that that we have available to us now that we take for granted is just every day uh normal um what uh uh, tools or things that can help are incredible like because i was able to find the nitty-gritty city and then i was like okay it was for these grades and I remember, you know, being a little younger. And so I checked the, the public library system here in Ohio is really, really good. We have this, um, this Clevenet uh, library exchange network. And um, so I was able to check the the nitty gritty city books out of the, the library and then also super kids. And then I found the book and I said, yes. And so then once I, I verified it, um, then I, I purchased them and eBay is amazing. You know, you can find it anything just about you want on eBay with enough patience and searching. So I was able to get them all quite affordably because apparently, you know, 30 some, almost 40 some years later, people are not hoarding these old um, elementary school textbooks. <laughs> I guess there's not a high demand or a big audience right. clamoring to own those, but, but, and, it, and it, I got it in very good condition. So
1: yeah. Oh, wow.
0: Whichever yeah, school really. had, this was pretty you know their students were careful, or they just didn't use them much. I don't know what. <laughs>
1: right? Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, and and it's I I, I wondered. I was curious about the the journey that led you there. I, I kind of initially thought that maybe um, you know, I was I was thinking how um, in this kind of. This is like kind of the perfect kind of um, like like um challenge to to like set um to some people in on like reddit or you know twitter or something like this is one of those cases where and this wasn't the avenue that you took but i can just imagine this is one of the cases where people on the internet enjoy get kind of banding together to uncover these really tricky things to find and um and but it's so equally amazing that just by using the public library you could you could locate this book and verify and confirm that this was the one that you wanted and then get your hands on it. And, and it's in such good condition. That's just so cool.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Barney. It is true. I, I probably could have sent out a a Facebook message to my fellow okay. classmates, West South <sighs> El- West <Ellic> elementary <laughs> classmates. And they, some of them might've recalled, or like you said, um, some other public forum and that would have mm-hmm. helped me get to it mm-hmm. faster. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's, I'm just a very nostalgic person. So sometimes if I get an idea in my mind, I have a memory, I kind of want to chase it down that rabbit hole to to figure out what it's coming from and to see if I can actually uncover it. And so that was one of those memories slash mysteries that I was trying to solve. And yeah, and it was great to finally find it. It felt like, yes, yes, I've achieved it. And that's, that was years ago. I think it was probably when Mike and Aubrey were close to the age that I was when I read the book. And that's probably what I was thinking. I was like, oh, I want to introduce them to the story when they're young, like I was and see if they, what they think of it. And I would read Mm -hmm. it to them and they thought it was interesting, but I wouldn't Mm -hmm. say that they thought it was any more special than any of our other, um, you know, (laughs) kids books, but it didn't leave as large of an impression on them. But and then I, I read it to Hannah, and she's mm-hmm. enjoyed it too. So, yeah. Um, how about for you? Uh, is there a book that you'd like to share that stands out like pretty quickly as something that grabbed your attention in your childhood? Or
1: yeah. Um, but um, first, just before yes. we leave that thread, did did you did you happen to take that book to Facebook to um, see others' reactions? Because I'm, I would imagine probably some of your classmates were probably equally enthralled with that story. And I wonder if, 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 if you had done that and how the reactions were, or if you haven't, maybe you shouldn't see, um, how they respond to that.
0: You know what, Barney? I didn't, I didn't do that. Mm. And now that you say mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. I'm intrigued. I should, I should right. check and see. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. That's okay. a really good point. You know, it's <laughs> fascinating how memory works and mm. what we remember, because I have a really good friend from those years, Joe Capizzuto, and I have mentioned him to you before. Um, And we've, we've reminisced about various things and I'll remember various particular certain things about events or Mm -hmm. activities that we did. And he might not necessarily remember that same thing. And then he might remember a specific thing that I don't remember. And it's funny Mm -hmm. how particular and unique, I mean, there are definitely those things that overlap and we're both like, yes,
1: you know, but
0: I, I wonder if this one, it's a really good question, if this one captured anybody else's attention or. Or imagination, or if it was just me from among my friends yeah. in that circle, I don't know. But I love that. Thanks for this. Thanks for mm-hmm. suggesting that.
1: Yeah, I um from from my childhood actually, I I'll, I'll, I have two that I'd like to share. One of of amongst a huge stack here, but um, one is I think that oh. this was always the frog and toad. Were yes, we, I had nice that book. I love changed. that book. huge, huge, huge huge thing in our family. Um, my brother did it. And then, um, and then my mom sent this to me and, um, I have another one actually that, um, I, I read it, um, to Jay's kids. So, um, I don't know how I got started on this, but, I started reading and recording books a bunch and um that was one that I did and um sent it to Jay on a CD because this was a few years ago and and then he said, you know, every night they play that for their kids before bed <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> and and I had fun doing it and remembering the stories and of um this one that I just showed was days with Frog and Frog and toad and I think, The one that I was reading was maybe Frog and Toad, Our Friends, I think. And um, some of these stories are just, they encapsulate a lot of emotion in them. And I remember the one where um, it was where um, Toad checks his mailbox every day for a letter, hoping and hoping that someone will send him a letter and he never gets a letter until, you know, Frog finds out and Frog sends him a letter. And that one just really affected me quite a bit. It was such a wonderful story. And then in this one, um, there's a story about, um, you know, it's the last one and it's called Alone. And where Toad visits Frog's house and Frog leads a note saying that he wants to be left alone. And Toad just gets so worked up thinking that he did something wrong. And, um, you know, Frog just said how he was so happy that day and wanted the chance to kind of enjoy it, the peacefulness and the happiness by himself, you know, and just reflect on it. And it was so nice because just the very, very last sentence here, you know, it says, they were two close friends sitting alone together. And it just... It, that is just frog and toad, in one sentence, just kind of explains the whole thing about those. And how can you get better than that? It's just oh, those stories are just so nice in so many ways. And and I'm glad for the chance to um that I had the chance to read those and chance to share them with my nephews and then now to share them with my um, two sons. And um before I before I show the the next book here, I you probably have yes. The, I was going to ask. I I -hmm. I love
0: Frog and Toad, and I'm so glad Mm -hmm. that you brought that book because I don't own it anymore. But I think we had, um, Frog and Toad are friends. Um, Uh I forget which one. Maybe we had both. uh, Maybe we had multiple ones. But I Mm -hmm. remember distinctly one of the stories where it's about willpower, and I think it's Frog Mm -hmm. or Toad. One of them makes cookies. Um, And he, and he's trying hard not to eat them. And he, and he goes (laughs) through all all of these gyrations. Like he, he hides them, but then he he knows where they are. So he goes and gets them again. And he tries to, I think he mails them to, to himself or to his friend, or he's trying to get them away. And I I just thought that was so relatable as, as a child, because I love chocolate chip cookies and I had trouble just eating one or two. Oh yeah. And and then there was another one I really distinctly remember where he's trying to grow something in his garden, oh, and yeah. and he wants to like nurture it and 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 make it healthy, but also speed up the process because he's kind of impatient. So he like right. plays plays music for it, and he does all of these things. He reads to it. Maybe do you remember the, are these yes. ones? Yes. Um, oh. So great, great yeah.
1: stories. Oh yeah, so fun. Yeah, really. I mean, we could just do a whole episode just about that, but <laughs> about just those two characters, but. Yeah. Um, the other book I have is came to me and I had forgotten about it um until my parents decided to move. And my dad completely surprised me in a number of ways. First, that he still had the book and sent it to me. And also that he remembered how well that I liked this book. And um it's one of the um the little golden books. And mm-hmm. I don't know. If if maybe so many other people have ever um seen this one, but um when I got it and remembered, you know, it all came back to me. This one that I'm showing is um Panda Bear's paint box. And then I, I like it, it was kind of like just like a fuzzy kind of feeling of why was it? Oh yes, and then I read through it as to oh, that's why I love this book so much. And then I got to the page that I think that my dad remembered me me the most and it's a story all about um panda bear who gets a paint box and um you know it's it's probably like um you know like sometimes kids get like boxes with little squares of them probably uh watercolors and and he paints a picture of himself and it's windy and he learns about mixing colors and then I think it was this page then when he has to take a bath and um all of the colors mixed together in the tub and I just remembered how it was so colorful and just yes. so neat and yes. I just like that and then the fact that my dad remembered how well I liked this book mm-hmm. and and sent it to me um it was just it really meant a lot to me in, in a number of ways and um and yeah when I read it to when I read it to my kids, they they kind of like it for the same reasons too, with all the interesting colors and in the stories that that um, it tells and the fact that that Panda Bear is happy to um, you know, that also has a moment where where Panda Bear thinks to himself, he says, I'm I I look I look lonely. And and he paints a picture of his friend Brown Bear and um just his imagination puts it on page. And I think Yuma actually he had he also has um a box of uh watercolors and one day he painted the same pictures that Panda Bear paints in the book, and so it was really neat to see him um that he enjoyed it and that oh, he wanted to kind of imitate wow. the story by him for himself too.
0: I love that story because you had kind of forgotten about it, and then your dad had enough uh Thoughtfulness to I mean just awareness that it might be meaningful to you that to, mm-hmm. he took the time to to save that and get it to you. And then it came back all of that mm. the enjoyment that you'd had, and now you've been able to share it. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there is something very special about early memory, early childhood memory, and the whatever it is, a book or a toy or a person or a smell or or food or whatever. Some, the things that unlock those and then help us go back. And then it's even better than when you're able to not only tell a story, but share some of that joy with your kids. So that's why um, these children's books are such good vehicles for that, you know, because to see, will they, will they capture their imagination too? And um, I was talking with Katie about today's episode, my wife, Katie, and she has a book like that for her when she was a little child. And this might not be one that people necessarily know, but it's called, the good night book. And it's all about the bedtime routine of this little girl. And it just so much paralleled Katie's bedtime routine. And who knows, maybe this book informed some of how uh-huh, her parents uh-huh. talk to Katie at <laughs> bedtime. Remember in the bedtime book, you know, but, but basically <laughs> um, she just loved this art style because in it, this little girl is getting ready for bed. You know, she's getting on her, her um, pajamas and, um, or actually she's getting ready to take a bath and then, her mom gives her a nice bath and Katie would always take a bath before bed. And then, you know, she's getting her pajamas on real, real um, carefully there, you know, uh, buttoning things up yeah. and standing on the stool to brush her teeth mm-hmm. or bed. Cause it's always good to do that. And her dad reads her a bedtime story, which is something that we still do in our home. And we, you know, Katie's home as well. They would read to her. And then there's a little bedtime prayer. And then the mom tucks her in. And um, then the last scene, and this was Katie's favorite, was her room at night when the lights turned off and the windows are open and the wind is blowing in. And this little girl is resting and it just felt so inviting. And Katie just loved the art style and it just made her think of, of her. And so this is probably her equivalent to the things that we've already been sharing. And it's neat for me to hear her story and then say, oh, like I can see how that not only was meaningful to you then, Katie, but now as part of the routine we have for our children. And so, yeah, thanks for for listening. Um, have you ever asked Ayako about any of the children's books that they read to her when she was growing up? Yeah,
1: I not, um, not directly, but um, I know that, that there's one very famous children's book that that I think probably everybody has. I know that um actually um uh, Pastor Kimiyaki Kimiyaki sensei he gave us that book when Yuma was born and Ayako said oh yes yes she you knows she she had that one too and um but I I have to imagine that probably she probably had a lot of good stories because her mom was um was a daycare teacher. And so um, I'm sure her mom probably read lots and lots of stories and got very, very good at reading. So I'm sure that she thought about the stories that she wanted to be sure to tell her kids to. But yeah, I never had the chance. I never thought about um, asking Ayako about that. And I, I don't know if it's because um, maybe I I, I knew that, that our kids were getting lots of Japanese stories in school. So I wanted to make sure that they got lots of English stories here at home as well. But um, um, yeah, I'm, I think that she must have had a lot of fun stories to share too, but I'm just not so sure which which ones exactly that, that she did.
0: Yeah. Um, well, uh, maybe there's one more I could share quickly before mm-hmm. we transition. Um, and this is one that, <laughs> you know, talk about books that everybody would know. Um, Green Eggs and Ham is one of those mm-hmm. that are just ubiquitous in the American context. But Um, Interestingly enough, Dr. Seuss happened to be in the same department during World War II that Stan Lee was in when they joined the service. And it was um, a department where they wrote literature, like for the morale of the troops and tried to like write stories and because they both had like a writing background. And then after the war, you know, Stan Lee goes on to work for Marvel Comics and become the really? well-known, you know, person that he was in that sphere. And then Dr. Seuss goes on, you know, I forget his um, his actual name. Uh, right. I know Dr. Seuss is his. Do you know it?
1: Oh, um, it's fine. It's fine. You like but, there's yeah.
0: But anyway, I just thought it was so interesting that they were contemporaries and they knew each other when they were served in the military. But anyway, the reason why um, this book stands out to me, other than just being a really interesting. Mm. premise you know a, a debate about whether or not green eggs and ham would be a good food to eat and right. one person right. imploring the and other right. throughout Refusing. the whole book it like will you try this yeah, I, green just, eggs and ham no matter what no, you say, i will just never i try. just can't can't bear yeah. it um, no. and then the all the way to the moment at the end where after all of this adventure and all of this <laughs> imploring sam decides I think I will try it. Eat, I yeah. I might as well if it'll make this <laughs> person stop bothering me. And I love the moment where he says, "Say, I like green eggs and ham. Yes, I, I do. I like them." So. Finally. Oh, I guess Sam is maybe not the name of the um, the person who eats the eggs. It might, maybe it's the person who's who's mm-hmm. wanting wanting mm-hmm. him to eat. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, I just and then I love <laughs> when he walks off with and, and with a <laughs> smile on his face. Um, yes. So, um, my grandmother had a whole stack of books talking about, um, as you were earlier, Ayako's mom having served with day with daycare children, my grandmother had a huge stack of books. Cause she did the same. And this was one of the ones in her, her pile that I always would enjoy and she would read it to me. And so mm-hmm. that's another one that, that takes me back. Mm-hmm. Um, so how about back to you? Are there, are there any, um, Dr. Seuss books or other, what really well-known
1: books that, that stand out to you as. Oh yeah. Um, I really enjoyed the Dr. Seuss books um, uh, a lot. And I, um, I really hoped that, that my kids would be interested in them too. Cause I, I really enjoy books that rhyme as those do. And I also like that um, Dr. Seuss uses a lot of his own words, you know, oh, it comes yes. up, which is a lot of, 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 you know, words that could mean anything. And, you know, the world, and with various worlds that they take place in where where not everything you know where like physics is different or whatnot you know gravity is different you know things don't aren't necessarily the way that, that that would work that way here but um i like that i like that there's so much imagination in there and we have read a few and um we got a few out of the library here actually thankfully the library here has some english books and um and they really liked those that we read we did. Green eggs and ham too. And we did Cat in the Hat that they really liked. And uh, um, and then we have a few here um, that we read from time to time. But um, um another one that was such a big, a big series at our house that we liked so much were the Richard Scary books. Oh and yes, um yes. yes, and as my kids also like cars and trucks, then I had to get them cars and trucks and things that go. And the thing that is so much fun about this one. Is um looking for gold bug. Um so maybe you maybe you also remember, I remember so well that that like Craig and Christy and Jay and I would kind of have like competition that almost morphed into fights about who could find gold bug first. Mm-hmm. And um and Yuma gets a little bit competitive too, and then you know, thankfully he and I kind of have an understanding that, yeah, I know that he knows where it is and let's just let Silas try and find it too. And um, it just enjoy. but I, I, I like these books too because they're always a little bit silly as well, where, um, you know, like there's like the alligator car or like a pencil car and there's, there's one page where they're driving. And um, because this story is, is actually very lengthy. So I, I, I at times kind of hoped that they wouldn't ask me to read it before bed because it's 70, it's 70 pages long. <laughs> um, even though the text is not so much, it's mostly pictures, but, but, you know, sometimes they say, you know, read everything. <laughs> and, and I like this page because this is a story about the the pig family going to the beach. And then, you know, dad asks the kids, he says, you know, Hey, how would you like to have a banana mobile for your next car? And they, and don't quite comment as to whether or not they might like that. And then um, you know, it's fun how how um the the author, um, Richard Scarry, and he's also the illustrator, he brings he kind of repeats some of the themes. Like at one time there's like a a two-seater pencil car, and then a few pages later there's like a five-seater pencil car. And um that too, with the imagination and the things that are involved with that. Um, and and also like the realistic um vehicles that are in there too as my kids they both like trucks you know like there's they've got a grader in there you know they've got a ditch digger they've got an excavator and those are things that they relate to as well and and it's also neat you know since it's from quite a few years ago it's neat to see kind of the technology or the way that things um you know that the cars and trucks that that were more that the realistic ones that were more um prevalent back then like especially things powered by steam and um and so it's fun to see that and show that to my kids. While just enjoying the fun story and, and the imagination that goes with the illustrations there, and 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 I like the unique style of illustration that that he has too.
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, that's a great example. And I'm really glad that you mentioned too a woman a series of books because when you find a good series, um, that's a treasure and. Um, there's one series that I wanted to bring up and I don't know to what extent you had read these, but the Berenstain bears books. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. We have so many of these and really um, in Katie's home, these were super popular. We had some, but she had um, many, many volumes, but I've been surprised at how helpful those books are for topics in parenting. Like there's one about going to the dentist and there's one about having a messy room and one about, too much TV and one about, um, stress from school and like getting a bad grade. And so many times, um, we've been able to draw on lessons from those books when we're talking with our kids and, uh, like one of the ones, and they did not like this at the time, but, um, there's a book that talks about the gimmies, um, where, uh-huh. where people get too much of what they want and they get spoiled and they get a bad case of the gimmies where they're a little bit, um. You know, over focused on on getting the instant gratification, and so um, without calling out a person's behavior, particularly, we can be like, "Oh, remember the Bernstein Bears books with with the gimmies?" And they'd be like, "Oh yeah, the gimmies," and, and then then they'd be like, <laughs> they kind of like, "Like, but but we you know try not to like be over the top I of mean. it." But then they but we'd be like, "Well, we don't want to have the gimmies." Right? <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, you know, we don't want to think and they'd be like, Hey, mom and dad, you know, like, um, you know, that's a good point, but you know, it, you know, it's not a perfect thing, but but and and all I'm saying is, in a number of cases, it was a reference point, like, we and sometimes the kids would bring them up to the funny stories about the messy room. The mom goes in to clean the messy room, and she's like, hurts her foot on one of the toys that's on the floor that she doesn't see, and so she gets a big box and starts throwing stuff in it from the floor. And she, she says, let's get rid of this junk. And the kid's here and they're like, junk, no. <laughs> and so <laughs> the, the, the dad comes in and they, they organize all of their things neatly. Eventually that's the solution in the boxes. And then they enjoy the room better. But, and we ended up do, doing something like that at one point, you know, and, and um, one of our kids' rooms. So um, I don't know. It just, um, it's nice when a book has these um, connections with, um, childhood and, and, and parenting that it's entertaining for the kid and it's entertaining for the parent because the child can see in the book, sometimes the parents, you know, make mistakes and, and, and grow. And then sometimes in the book, they see the other children making mistakes and they, they can learn from that. So Bernstein bears. And then just as a funny thing, I always thought it was the Bernstein bears, but Mm -hmm. evidently there has been some, um discrepancy about the spelling a lot of people assume it's like Bernstein with an e but it's Bernstein and um, so sometimes that's been something in popular culture that um, has come up like what is the real spelling of that uh, many people think uh, it's with an e at the end but yeah. it's actually the with an a oh maybe I didn't hold up their name their name is at the bottom I don't know if you can see right um yeah st a-I-N at the, at the mm-hmm. very end of the, so there was a joke about it in a, in a show I was watching and it's like, Oh, Oh, wow. That's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> one of those things that everybody remembers it one way, but you go back yeah. and it's actually subtly different. So B-E-R-E-N-S-T-A-I-N. So mm.
1: apparently it's so nice. Yeah. I think what, what is it about um, kids and their parents and then books where these books can be the go-between for us? Where mm-hmm. we could we could tell them the same lesson, the same story. Ask them, or we, you know, we could ask them to do the same thing so many times, or give them our own life experience as to why maybe they should or shouldn't do something. But then, and and maybe it maybe it connects or maybe it doesn't connect. But it always, for some reason, it really connects strongly when we're able to share the same thing. That's right, <laughs> but in the form of some story, and if it's like you said realizing that it's not just them or it's not just their parents, but seeing other, you know, characters that have gone through this or other characters, parents that are giving the same message. And then somehow that sinks in so, so much better than, than, you know, all of the effort that we took in. That is another wonderful thing. Like you said about um, books really supporting us and scaffolding us and helping us to, to get the message across to our kids of, of what's important or not important or why, or, or, um, uh, um, um, you know, or, or important lessons, like especially thinking of like the children's Bible, you know, how how kids really send, tend to um, remember those stories oh so well, just seeing them, um, you know, done at their level and, um, mm-hmm. and retain that. And I'm always so surprised to see how, how well my kids um, paid attention to those stories, even when I wasn't sure if they were at the time or not.
0: Oh, I'm so glad that you mentioned the kids bible. I I didn't think about um bringing that up today, but now that you mention it, every night before bed my mom would read to me from this children's bible that was illustrated and I feel like so much of my bible knowledge was really mm-hmm. fed and grounded in that nightly practice and and the way the illustrations helped the stories come to life and there's so many vivid images, you know, from mm-hmm. the bible and um so I I just, as you said that, I'm thinking back, wow, that was one of those books that was a bridge between my mom and, and her faith and what she was trying to pass on to me and, and helping me to grasp and receive. And, um, but like you said, any type of children's book can be a bridge in a variety of ways too. Like, yeah, it's, it's, it, you're right. It's not, it doesn't come off when we're reading the book as like, we're being instructive and didactic and right. like, you know you should do this, and which will totally turn a child's brain off or make them not want to like engage with that. But somehow when it's another character, even if we're voicing that character, like as we read off the page, that makes it accessible. There's a truth to that. I, I think even for adults, like when we relate to others, can we find common reference points instead of instead of I mean, there are times when one has to be didactic or instructive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you're supervising someone and, like there, there there, needs to be some kind of direct conversation. Sometimes you can't um, always point to another reference point, but it is helpful in human communication to do that sometimes. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. What's next in your pile of books, Barney?
1: Yeah, I think um, now, now I'm kind of getting into the more, um, the, the books that I've read and have been reading to my kids. Uh, nice. Yeah, I'm trying to think of where to go next, because a lot of these that I have here touch on uh, would uh, easily segue from what we've talked about already. Um, I think I'll go with this one. And this this goes along the line of like us kind of um, how we're using books and whatnot as a way to kind of share what we have enjoyed with our kids And um, I I knew that my kids needed to learn the ABCs and they needed to learn them in a very specific way, the right way, which of course is in the galactic common language. (laughs) So that is why (laughs) I had to get the Star Wars ABC 3PO book.
0: (laughs) I love how you introduced that. Thank oh, you. That is the right way, Barney. It is, isn't it? Yes.
1: Right. This one, this is a very recent one. So it even has, like, it even has Poe. It even has Kylo Ren in it, um, and um, you know, it even has, um, it has, um, you know, I think, I think for a while they had a lot of trouble coming up with certain um, characters, like you know, well, who could Q be, you know, before before the trilogy, you know, or before the prequel, you know. So then. Of course, Q became Qui Gon Jinn, but you know before then, what could it be? And they, it finally now they have a more robust kind of um, uh, canon, I guess, of, of relatable characters that they can fill things in. Um, is W for care.
0: Wookie? Is Wookie for W?
1: You are right, exactly <laughs> yes. right. And and I like, um, this is just X. I I think the illustration style is very oh, yeah. neat that they have X here. X for X Wing. I like yes, that. and um. And just um this one rhymes as well. I really enjoy this. I, I'll just go ahead and, and give us A. Any any guesses who A might be, Jacob? Um Alderon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. Here it is. A is for Akbar.
0: Akbar. Yes. Okay. For
1: Akbar, he tried. It really wasn't his fault. Blame those empire thugs, it was a total assault. Unseen and unplanned for, he didn't know what to do. So he yelled, it's a trap, and the phrase stuck like glue. Oh, and so wow. we have we have he's being egged on by his friends here. They're saying, say the thing, say the thing. And he <laughs> says, I don't want to say the thing. <laughs> so yeah. that's awesome. I love uh, yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, what and a great choice. Yeah, my so kids really fun. like it. But um, Yuma is not a big fan of V, he doesn't like to see Darth Vader so well. But um oh. I'll just kind of show these these here. But um, yeah, it is fun, like like S is for storm. And they, they make a point of saying how, you know, their aim is so bad <laughs> and he, he's like inches away from the target and he just can't hit it. So that was, that was our ABC book, but. Um, I
0: love that. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, one book that Hannah has enjoyed and so have Mike and Aubrey is Skippy John Jones. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you've heard of this character. Mm-mm. He's like, a little Chihuahua and um, no, I'm sorry. What am I saying? Pardon me. He's a little Siamese cat. right? And, it, and in this mm-hmm. book, he he gets in trouble and his mom sends him to his room and he has this whole long daydream, this whole scenario where he imagines that he's a Chihuahua. And and so um, <laughs> he says, he says, I Caramba, I'm a Chihuahua. And then the way it's written, <laughs> he's not just any Chihuahua, he's like a, a Chihuahua in Mexico. And so there's all of the Spanish um, in the text where he he goes and he meets all of these other Chihuahuas in Mexico and they're being oppressed by this giant bumblebee who is taking all of their frijoles, all of their beans. <laughs> and, yeah. and so um, all throughout the text, there's all, like it says, first they had a fiesta and then they're all partying. And then it says, and then they took a siesta and they all are napping from partying to napping, you know, and it's kind of teaching a little bit of Spanish vocabulary, you know, mm. um, but then the bee comes and he, and he, he holds up his little sword and the bee pops. And when he does all of the beans come out and, ah. and the best, the best thing is, yeah. you know, he, during his daydream, he's making a lot of noise um and his mom comes up into his room and when the bee is popping in his daydream that's really his closet exploding and all of the toys <laughs> coming out of the closet and so when the mom comes in the room she's like what are you doing and here he has a pinata in his room yeah, that is that yeah. bee and it just ah. shows his active imagination and so she gives him little kisses and he's just such a creative mm. little Little mm. little kitty, but I mm. thought what a funny story, you know. Oh, here yeah, he's a Siamese cat, but he imagines he's a Chihuahua, and not only a Chihuahua, but a Chihuahua who knows Spanish and isn't yeah. helping out these other Chihuahuas. And yeah, it's just a fun story. So that's that's a big hit with Hannah right now. Mm. So
1: oh yeah, that must be. Mm-hmm. Um
0: the other thing too, I was gonna bring up, you know, some books have um the, the Caldecott Medal, Oh yeah. And, um, and there were a couple that I wanted to mention that, that we've really enjoyed over the years. Um, oh, yeah. Have you mm-hmm. seen the snow day? Oh yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm.
0: Wow. Just the arts, yes. the, how oh, it yeah. captures the wonder when you're, when you don't have school and, and you're oh. out in the snow and this, this little boy, his sense of adventure is he, oh, yeah. as he's looking at his tracks and he, and he's going out and it's just an incredible book. And um, very well done. Just in the in the illustrations. I think that there was actually a an exhibition of this um at the oh. University of Akron or at the Akron Art um Akron Art Museum. But mm-hmm. um yeah, this this particular one. But another one that I also wanted to mention, and I don't know if you've seen this one by Taru Yashima called the Umbrella you ever seen this
1: one? oh no wow yeah,
0: this is another good one that that has just these amazing pictures of, of life in the city mm-hmm. and this young girl who is living in the US and her parents take her out in the city and and it's it happens to be a rainy day and so when when they, they go out they have an umbrella for her and as the rain hits the umbrella it makes these sounds um, and they have it on the page and it's i love how they they have it bun polo banpolo banpolo polo polo banpolo polo polo, polo polo and that's her hearing the sounds of the rain hitting her umbrella you know and um just that it's kind of about her her parents really you know, like you said a lot of children's books that are really good have a deeper sense of like mm-hmm. emotional reality uh, or mm-hmm. situation and this is her dad getting her after school and just the way her parents are portrayed as these caring presence Mm -hmm. is in her life and as she walks home there's her dad beside her and he looks so big as kind of protecting her and there she is with her umbrella and she just feels safe and secure with him by her side Mm -hmm. and just and her mom was like that in the beginning of the story and um and then it ends with her as an adult reminiscing Mm -hmm. back about her life and there she is all grown up and so it's just a it's a fantastic um, book and then it says her name momo means peach oh, yeah. is that right mm-hmm. is that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um mm-hmm. yeah so i thought that's kind of a neat one i don't know you know in japan if this would be known but having been like a japanese artist and, and yeah. um, author that wow. would be kind of interesting
1: i um, want to search about that one Yeah, the umbrella
0: yeah, yeah. I, or,
1: I i like how um these are all caldecott books but the the art style is so different and and that yes. the, the committee recognizes that that beautiful books can all look very differently. um I, I happen to one of the ones I po- chose was also a Caldecott. Oh book. yes, um, yes, all the world. Yes, you know this one. Um, yeah, my mom. I think
0: I've seen that before. Yes.
1: Uh huh. Sent this to me, and I actually sent this one to Sean because the illustration is so nice. I got him a copy of it, and I love. I think the artist must be working mostly with pen, but. Um, oh, like especially wow. like on this page, just the the blues that they mix with the black to get Love that. a real rich sense of the waves and <sighs> the cliffs there and just and and it doesn't the book doesn't necessarily rhyme, but there's all kinds of wonder the the way that they illustrate can oh, it can wow. together with the words is just so nice and and this one has a wonderful sense of family. And um and and I also getting a little caught up, I also really like how this book ends too. Um, so it ends it's a lot about family extended family. Everyone ends up in the same place, and it's you know, hope and peace and love and trust. And the last part is all of the world is all of us. Oh, wow. And I just think it's such such a nice meaning. Plus, such beautiful illustration with that book, and I, I never knew about it, but I was so glad that that my mom, mm. gave that book to me. And I'm not sure if if my kids have have enjoyed it as much as I have, but that's one that I always say, "Don't you guys want to read this?" And they don't always want to read that mm. one, but, um, but it speaks so much to me. I really like that one. Do you have similar books in your case? Yes, Are there books that you just absolutely love, but maybe your kids. They'll tolerate yes. it here and there, but not necessarily request that you read that one. For
0: sure, for sure, yes, mm-hmm. um, I do. And one of the ones that comes to mind is this one that is is called uh, "Swords to Plowshares," and this is actually by an Anabaptist author, and um, it's really um, it's it's about. Um, it's a Mennonite central committee book and it's thinking about like peacemaking in the world. And so it has a lot of like really deep illustrations and stories that relate to themes of peacemaking. And I like the art style and I like the message. It has not captured the imagination of our kids (laughs) as much. I mean, we have it here at home and you know, we, if we bring it out, it's yeah. I think that they would value the themes in in real life and Mm -hmm. to talk Mm -hmm. about them is fine, but the book doesn't quite capture their imagination. (laughs) So so I would say this would be one of those that Mm -hmm. is is very deep and good and the art style is great and it has a good theme. Mm -hmm. I'm glad it exists and that we have it in our library, but Mm -hmm. we haven't Mm -hmm. quite gotten to the point where the kids are saying. Like that is for us, but, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, the message is good. Um, sword yeah. sword, oh, sword. So, yeah. so, so, um, in that sense, like if you read this book and maybe it's one of those years down the road, if our kids grow up and ever to see it again mm-hmm. in the stack mm-hmm. of books, or, mm-hmm. um, they might think about it some more then, you know, and it's, it's, I'm glad that it's, we have it, but it's not one, like, they're always picking. And then another, (laughs) another one came to mind. My mom had sent, sent it to us and, and I'm not seeing it in our stack here. Right. But it's um, it's one about this bunny rabbit that um, gets into different watercolors and it's trying to teach children about the color palette. And so Mm -hmm. it starts out in, in yellow, and then it gets in a blue bin of, of, of water paint. And it, watercolor paint, and then it becomes green. Uh-huh. And then, you know, it, it takes a shower and then it, then it's um, what is it? It, then it gets in, in, in red and then it gets in blue and then it turns purple. And then it takes another, sh- and it goes through all these <laughs> color combinations and my, our kids like it. Um, but what's really special about it is that my mom gave it to us and mm-hmm. she has an inscription in the front. And th- those are treasures to have books that mm-hmm. our parents have passed on. And she mm-hmm. specifically, gave it to our kids, it's, it's mm-hmm. inscribed um, for our children. And so like this one that your mom gave to you, it, there's just extra meaning in that, knowing it was passed on from our parents now to our children is, is um, very meaningful,
1: so, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, when I was little, I guess, um, I, I never had so many like um, lift the flap books or pop-up books. And then, so now when, when I have those or I get those, they always, um, are, they feel extra special to me because, because it was something that I never really had. And then the chance to have them now is just so neat. And, uh, most of the books that I have here are from, from my parents, but my, my folks thought that since um, my wife works um, with the airline, that, that my kids would like seeing this book. And this is amazing because this is, um, the flip flap airport this one has um you know parts that parts that move that go up and um and i think that even like um sometimes maybe not here but like within flaps they have flaps under flaps on here and i can't quite find one necessarily on this page but it's it's interesting that that they can have something that has so much depth in it. Like I think maybe it's here, like like the um, and we're looking at the cargo terminal here. I think the cargo terminal opens up and then I think um here you can see you can pull down another flap and see some of the um items coming out. Amazing. And, and these flaps are quite tiny, and it's very neat the way that they put this book together. Some things you pull, some things you push, you know, and it's a of. Lift and um, flap lifting, but one that is a pop-up book that everyone likes and still requests. But we didn't think that we liked it at the beginning because when I opened it, I opened it to the wrong page, and it is the wide-mouth frog.
0: Oh. and
1: um, I I especially like this one because I envisioned that this story takes place maybe in Louisiana. So whenever I read it, I always. I think it's the wide mouth frog, and he's and it was starts with like with this here, and so I would say I'm a wide mouth frog and I eat flies," said the wide mouth frog, shooting out his long sticky tongue, and then he goes through and and he you know he says, "I'm a wide mouth frog and I eat flies," said the wide mouth frog. "What do you eat, bird?" And you know, he goes and talks to these people. But the reason why we weren't sure if we would like this book is because when I opened it to the first pit the first time I opened it, I accidentally opened it to oh. this page. <laughs> wow, <laughs> so, I'm a wide mouth and I eat flies. <laughs> what do you eat, alligator? Alligator, and yes, and he eats wide mouth frogs. He says, Oh, and it's very funny because. Then he puckers his lips and he says, Ooh, you don't see many of them around here, do you? <laughs> <laughs> and it's so nice. Because then he leaps into the pond with a big giant splash. And this book really is very popular with, with all of us. I like to read it. They like to hear it. And how many times do they like seeing? I think I've read it three, four times in a row <laughs> in most sittings. So Oh, that Barney, that is an amazing book. Yeah. Wow. Because mm-hmm. we, we set it aside for such a, while, a long time because that alligator, we didn't think that we would like it. Then we actually decided to read it once and it really became a hit and in our family.
0: That is so cool. Mm-hmm. Oh man. That was a great pop-up <laughs> book. I love the energy yeah. too. Each page, you, <laughs> yeah. the mouths and yeah. Yes. The mouths coming yeah. forward. Oh, mm-hmm. um, Barney, this has been such a delight. Thank you so mm-hmm. much for mm-hmm. for um, suggesting this topic. Um, and as I've gone through it with you, I've just really appreciated. Like there were has been some overlap in our experiences, even yeah. though you know we come from different states and have our own different backgrounds. Like there were quite a few book series that we knew that overlapped that we both enjoyed, and then it was really fun to hear about hits with your kids, things that they're enjoying now and things that were passed down. And, um, I loved sharing the same things with you from our end. Um, Mm -hmm. is there anything else that you'd like to share before we close our time?
1: No. Yeah. I just hope that, um, today of, of all days, this episode of all episodes, um, you know, kind of, as we've illustrated, you know, there's a lot of same things, but, um, there's a lot of, a lot of wide variety of books that, that that cover these themes and experiences that that we've all felt real dear near and dear to our hearts and um uh I think that that this would be a great topic for you know or a great um you know I I guess topic you know great conversation piece that, that hopefully you know you listening out there or watching along will you know if you see us run into us and and mention some of your favorites you know maybe we can you know, our kids are still young enough that, that we are happy to introduce them to new books. And, or, you know, if you're watching long, maybe leave comments some of the, the books that you've enjoyed, or if you know some of the books that we've talked about today as well. But, um, most importantly, you know, we're glad that you stuck with us and listened to and watched along and enjoyed um, hearing us talk about. Um, experiences that we had that when we were young and the experiences that we've had the chance to share with our kids and uh, we're very thankful for you staying with us and um, tuning in each time for the two world podcast and we hope that um uh, you as we are are looking forward to the next episode and so for Jacob I am Barney and we will see you guys all again next time